Hello and welcome to another episode of the Celtics Reddit Podcast. Ben Vallis here, aka Brutal Gash on Reddit, coming at you from Sydney, Australia, where, believe me, the shockwaves from the Celtics' repeated losses are being felt in full, despite the proximity. Our two regular co-hosts, Jackson and Joe, are here with us to talk about everything going on with the Celtics and review some of the great, and let's be honest, not-so-great content from Celtics Reddit. Jackson, how's it going? Yeah, uh, there's, there's a bit of a blackness in my life, which I'm sure you could uh, relate to. But hey, man, I went for a walk earlier today. The sky was not falling. There was still a lot of beautiful things to see, so I hardly think it's the end of the world. But having said that, yeah, not uh, not the best. I'll leave it at that. Well, we'll see how we go against the Knicks tomorrow and then maybe maybe check the sky again. Joe, uh, what's new, mate? Um, man, I'm feeling pretty zen. I'm feeling... I'm actually feeling pretty zen of, um, of head... of... of... <laughs> I've given this some deep thought and I've got some epiphanies, but we can get to that later. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you, actually. It's at a certain point, you just kind of have to like lean into it, right? And just take it for what it is. And, and maybe uh, like the, the feelings we're catching now for our you know highly touted Celtics um, will make the potential and eventual turnaround um, all that much more satisfying. Now, coming up on the show, we've got the usual business for you guys. We've got the the Reddit recap, we've got the upcoming games, and we're just going to talk about the general goings-on in, in Celtics world, because there's a lot of mixed opinions out there on Celtics Reddit and on Twitter and, and among the three of us, uh, which make for some good banter. So uh, we're going to start it off with the Hornets game, which was, uh, I think we actually played pretty well. It obviously didn't end very well, where, where Kemba Walker went completely nuclear on us and, and destroyed us. Um, sort of shades of, of one Isaiah Thomas a couple of years ago. But Brad Stevens actually came out and said that he thought he saw some some pretty classic Celtic-y things from this team and that they're actually starting to turn it around a little bit, which was not a, a well-received comment because I think a, a lot of people, um, maybe some of the more extreme reactors in the Celtics fan world are calling for, for some heads at this point. And so to hear the coach sort of casually and nonchalantly say that he actually liked the performance was maybe disappointing for some. Guys, how how are we feeling about the the Hornets game and and just the Celtics at this point in time? The most damning thing I can say about the game was when I looked at the fixture that morning or the day before. I can't remember when it was, but I looked at myself and I thought, yeah, that feels like an 8 to 10 point loss or thereabouts. And it ended mm-hmm. up being, what, a five-point loss or thereabouts? So uh, we're, we're, at, we're probably right now at the stage where, at least in my mind, we're predictably mediocre. We're, we're predictably unpredictable, put it that way, because, I mean, I, I had faith we would beat the Raptors. I don't know why. I just woke up that morning. I'm like, no, nah, we're getting this done. Totally. Whereas this game, I just was like, nah, I just, I just don't believe it. So uh, about the game itself, from watching the highlights and reading about it, it didn't sound like we were that bad. It sounded like Jalen Brown even had some, you know, glimpses of his former dynamic Even Jalen Brown. Even Jalen Brown, the maligned Jalen Brown. Um... <laughs> And I mean, the stats don't look like make for horrible reading until you look at the, the Hornets box score and you see what Kemba Walker did. But I mean, he's playing really well at the moment. You know what I mean? And I don't think the, there's any real cause for concern in this one game, just in a microcosm. Like the Hornets are not bad. They're not brilliant, but they're not bad. Kemba's on a tear. Um, they had our number in preseason. So, and I don't think we've kind of really advanced that much from preseason to my eyes at this point so we can maybe discuss that a bit later but look it's 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 the accumulation of the losses that i think is obviously getting to everyone this game itself even having not seen it i I don't think it's i don't think that was the worst thing for us to happen and that's my pretty uninformed take on the game joe what did you think well i mean i don't have a heck of a lot to say about the hornets game particularly um have a look i mean the, the jazz game was one i paid a bit more attention to to be honest but um, I think just regarding Brad's comments there, um, I think the reaction that you see to it, the, the hugely, hugely negative reaction, is understandable. But it, it's sort of understandable in light of the fact that I, I guess we're all, a, lo, a, a large portion of the fan base is kind of grieving the, the, the loss of the concept of this team as instant <laughs> contender. That's fair. Right, and and so the, the process of this grief is is manifesting itself in a few different ways. We're, and, we're at the anger stage, are in definitely. Yeah, but, yeah, but there's a few people <laughs> in the anger stage, right? So, um, and and I'm feeling a little closer to the acceptance stage. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, so so that's my take on the reaction to the Brad Stevens comments. Now it makes 
sense to me if you're Brad Stevens that okay, it's it's almost like start afresh, like let's look for let's look for what we can build on here. Um, I do think I wouldn't want to be overly optimistic, you know. Um, I think um, he's sort of sung that chorus line a few times, right? Like that, hey, it's look looked good so far, and to be honest, Brad, I haven't really seen it. Um, mm. But big picture, zoom out to ten thousand feet. That's how I. That's my take on it. Yeah, you mentioned Jalen Brown before. There's been a lot of um, like shitting on Jalen Brown on the subreddit and in Celtics Twitter, and you know, general Celtics circles. And I, I actually thought in the Hornets game, he he did all right. He, he didn't get a lot of playing time, and I, I guess given you know the the few games prior, I can understand why. But you know, four of six from the field, he, he got into the paint. Um, consistently he finished a plus five, which is um, uh, nearly a team high. Uh, and he shot 66% from the field. I, I thought he, he did a lot of things well. Um, and in playing less than 20 minutes, maybe that's a, maybe that's what Brad Stevens was referring to. I don't mean solely Jalen Brown, but I mean, this version of Jalen Brown was like taking a step right. back from maybe who Tracy McGrady told him he was in the off season. And, you know, he, he played less than 20 minutes and he played this like sidekick role and and played to his strengths and I, I that was a really good sign and I think if he can continue to play like that people you know and if everyone else can start to fall into line that we might start to see a version of this team that that people expected yeah but there is a long way to go um and certainly a lot of frustration from the fans out there understandably so a user on the post game thread or the next next day thread rather crash bandicucci wrote a friendly reminder that the 2010-2011 Miami Heat started 9-8. They had LeBron James, and uh, one of their stars was not returning from having his foot spun around like it was an office chair. I'm not saying that everything is fine, but there is evidence that this stretch will all be forgotten in a year's time. Let's not start mutilating ourselves just yet, no matter how bad we might want to. And then, you know, there's a, there's a nice little discussion under there about um, as to why or, or why not that that is relevant. Um, but I think that's a good discussion point that... Even if you've got LeBron James in your team, which we obviously don't, but even in those extreme cases, it, it can take quite a lot of time for, for teams like this to click. And I, I don't have the stats up in front of me, but there have been Brad Stevens teams in the past where they started like 22 and 21 and 13 and 12 and finished well above 500 and, and in the first seed in one case and, and made the playoffs. So uh, maybe I'm skipping to this portion of the podcast too quickly, but there's, there's a lot of sort of panic and stuff going on, but I, I'm in the camp of like, relax, it's going to be fine, and just be patient. How do you guys feel? Yeah, um, that's definitely the realistic take to have, and, I, and I'm more or less on board with it. Um, the, the one thing I, I never want to do with this team, and it's only due to the lack of championships or finals appearances, is compare us to the Warriors or a LeBron James team. I, I, just, I just don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to put us in that category because I don't think we're on either level of, you know, how well the Warriors operate or how bad a LeBron James team can be until it's time to go mm-hmm. and then they turn it on. I don't sure. want to do that. But uh, you talked about that team went 9-8 and eight after 17 games. Well, you know who else went 9-8 and eight after 17 games? The 13-14 Warriors. And I just did it. I just compared us to the Warriors. But that was before they won. <laughs> that was before they won their first title. That was before they made the finals for the first time. Yeah. So even yeah. if this season turns out to be a gigantic pile of shit like it currently is, if it continues going that way, it, it is definitely not time to throw the baby out with the bathwater. It is not time to trade guys that we know are good players and we know can play in this system. Like, you can... Sure, some players don't play well together. The offense doesn't work when A, B, and C are together, but does work when C, D, and E are together, blah, 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 blah. The answer to all of our problems, I think, is still going to come from getting the right guys on the, on the floor, getting the right lineups in there for certain situations. And I trust Brad Stevens to do that. So, look, you can pan him all you want. You can say he's not, you know getting up players enough or he's not calling them out or doing whatever. But I just, I refuse to worry at this stage. I'm annoyed, but I'm not worried, okay? If, if the regular season, if you can imagine the regular season as, as a game, we're not even at the end of the first quarter yet. And how many times have we come back from 20-odd down in the second or even third quarter? It's not the best way to play. It's not the smartest way to play. But we come back, or we have come back. We can come back. So I'm not worried. Right. So, um... I've thought about this a lot, so I want to make sure, I, th- I think I'm with you guys, um, but I want to make sure I understand what you mean. So when you say, Jackson, that you're not worried, what do you mean? What are you not worried about? I'm, I'm, okay, yeah, fair enough. I'm 
I guess you could say I'm not worried because my expectations for where this team could get realistically hasn't really changed. I thought, hand on heart, I thought make the finals, lose to the Warriors. I still think that's possible. Right. I think the only way we could have right. beaten the Warriors, sorry to keep going, is just with, is with home court. And I feel that home court race we're getting further and further away from. That's something I'm a bit worried about. But I'm not worried over the overall health of this squad and this organization. <laughs> and- Incidentally, so are the Warriors themselves. <laughs> <laughs> but again, they're those outliers, man. They can just show up when it matters. I don't feel we've earned that all right, yet. All right, so, so you're not worried because you say it, it is just as much of a... Um, I'm going to use some... I'm going to do a bit of semantics here, but you would say you're not worried because you see the possibility it's just as possible for the Celtics to advance to the, war, advance to the finals as it was before the season tip. Yes. And I, base that, I, and I base that on how far we are through the regular season, primarily. Sure. sure. Well, and, and Ben, you said, um, I think your words were, it's fine. Is it sort of for similar reasons? Or like, what, what's, your, what's your, when you say it's fine, what do you mean? It, it's fine that this team hasn't reached its potential yet. And while uh, it's frustrating because that, that wasn't our expectation, uh, I think it's okay for us to now temper our expectations based on what we've seen so far, but still hold out hope with some degree of certainty that, that this team still has a long way to go in terms of reaching its potential. And I'm not worried um, that we won't reach that potential by the end of the season. You're not worried that we won't reach the potential by the end of the season? Sorry, maybe a double negative there. Um, (laughs) You think we will reach reach our potential by the end of the season? Yes, exactly. Thank you. Okay. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So. So. I just. I did want to make because. Funny those. Those words. Not worried. Fine. You know. Like often we don't. Um. Sort of substantiate them. But. Yeah, um. Sure. I sort of. I sort of feel quite similarly. You know. Um. And. Um. I've. <laughs> as you guys will all know because I've. I've written this out in the. In the old. Uh, run sheet here. Um. <laughs> I sort of. I sort of feel like. Um. We kind of come up with coping mechanisms, sort of depending on the narrative that we think of the season as following. I liked, mm, I liked what okay. um, you said, Jackson, about the about this feeling, thinking of the season like a game, because I think of it quite similarly too, mm. like the the ups and downs, and and when do you turn off the when do you turn off the game, right? Like um, most of the time, never, but occasionally, occasionally you will turn off the game before the end of yeah. the fourth we've, quarter. We've all been there. I we've did it against the Jazz <laughs> the last game. <laughs> I actually, yeah, I did too. Yeah, I did. I did too. Um, I wanted to see a little bit of uh, Yabu running around, and I did a bit of that. But anyway, um, so so I sort of feel like your coping mechanism that you'll choose is sort of depends on the narrative that you think the season has, right? So the first thing is the first. The first narrative that you might choose is this team is actually like the Golden State Warriors in disguise. So like any minute now, like Tom Cruise and Mission Impossible, they're going to pull off the mask and then they'll be the Golden State Warriors and they're going to rip off, you know, 17 of 20. It's just, there's nothing to it but to do it, right? Um, you know, there's this, this sort of 9 and 8 starts not representative, just like how like Golden State dropping three state three straight. We know that Golden State's way better than that. We know that's not actually representative. Um, so I, I, that wouldn't be my chosen coping mechanism because I think that the, the 9 and 8 record that we have is representative of the team is as currently constituted. It is a 9 and 8 team. It really isn't that good yet. And, and I don't think there's going to be a massive reveal where we turn around and become like the Golden State Warriors instantly, you know, like sure. how we expected. Right, we expected that they were going to be like that at the start, and they're not. Um, and I don't, yeah. So I don't think that's it's not quite true. But the other way you can mm-hmm. look at it is sort of like Jackson was talking about, a little bit like it's a game, and we're off to a slow start. Um, uh, I, I guess I I sort of see us, you know, more like the thirteen fourteen Warriors is probably a good good analog there, Jackson. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought about like the sixteen seventeen team, which you know our sixteen seventeen team, which you kind of referred to, Ben, where we started out like ten and eight, and then we got down to thirteen and twelve. Like you said, looked up these records because you know I wanted to back myself up. <laughs> um, but all that all that to say is, when we we're following those teams, we were having a blast, right? Like it was like ten and eight, but ah uh, man, I wish we had a better record. But we weren't like 
this season is unenjoyable, right? Yeah, because it was more like, what will they do next? That's like, right. The next exciting what? chapter of Brad Stevens Celtics basketball. It was so out of the blue. Yeah. We did. We weren't expecting it. That's right. And and uh, you know we, we've been burdened with these expectations now. But I think if you can come to the you know, if you can adopt a different narrative for this team, okay, the, the narrative that we had of them being instant just add water contenders was a false one, right? It, it's not real. Um, and this one, you know, okay, it's an, it's like an up-and-coming team. It's a team with with, with potential, but, you know, um, if we have a loss, it doesn't, you know, or if we have a good win like we had at Toronto, it doesn't mean that the mask's been ripped off. Hey, it's Tom Cruise. All is revealed. We're now the Golden State Warriors, you know. <laughs> Just the same as if we have a loss like we did to Utah or more more appropriately Charlotte, uh-huh. um, it doesn't mean that we all of a sudden suck. It's just, you know, the growing pains of a team that's not there yet, you know? And you kind of, like, I, I, the reason why I feel zen is because I've sort of adopted that kind of approach to the team. And it's like in the game, it's like I'm not stoked we're down early in the first quarter, right? I'd way rather be up by 20. Yeah, but it's how we I'm, respond, right? Yeah, yeah, and, and I'm not going to stop watching, right? You know, and, and you're right, it's how the team responds, and they might run off a lot. I, my personal expectation is, at this point, I think we'll be a 51 team, like low 50s, <laughs> you know what I mean? Which is still good, not great, um, but I, I want to see the growth, you know? And I'm with you guys both in that I think that there's massive possibility for growth. It's, it is a talented team. Um, and... Yeah, so I'm just going to enjoy it and not sweat it because I'm not expecting the team anymore to be like the Toronto Raptors are or even the Milwaukee Bucks. It's a, it's just a different different kettle. So fish. joke. So what what was your expectation going into the season? What what like record wise, playoff position wise? What what did you personally expect? Yeah. I I thought we we're going to be high fifties, and but I thought one of Philadelphia or Toronto was going to be better than us. Didn't know which, you know. Um, like I was picking the field against the Celtics for the one seed, but um, but the Celtics I thought were a better team than all of any end of it. Does that make sense? You know, have you ever heard that? Sure. You know, picking the field against. Yeah. So I was like, look, we're probably not going to be the one seed, but we're the best chance for the one seed. Does, and does the yep. Sorry. Yep. Does the the fact that we've beaten teams rather convincingly, maybe not in the case of the Raptors, but we, we've beaten the Raptors, the Sixers, uh, and the Bucks so far. Like there, there seems to be an element of like knowing when games are important, sort of, and and knowing when a, opponents are worthy of a certain level of effort, and and stepping up to that. Totally. Do, totally. Does that give you totally any? the next point I was going to make? We're not the Sacramento <laughs> Kings nine and eight, right? Like that's a fluke nine and eight, right? Like yeah. we're we are not. You know what I mean? We yeah. We are not worse than nine and eight. Yeah. <laughs> you know. And I and I yeah. think those three, like you said, like it's like we only play when we we have real profound respect for our opponents. Because we know they're going to be there in the postseason, so I thought that seventy sixes game that we opened the season with, everyone was optimistic. I was quietly a little bit concerned. I thought if there's a team that's going to be more motivated to win this, it's going to be Philly. Smashed them, okay. But they've now added Jimmy Butler, so that's a different story. Milwaukee hadn't lost a game, yeah. right? And we shot a, a what a franchise record for threes. That was probably the most outlying fucking game we've had all season compared to how our shooting's been. And we only had one by four. So yeah, but we were well in ways. control of that game, though. We were, yeah. yeah. So, again, and then there's the Toronto Raptors where they were up two possession. It was a two-possession game. They had the ball with a minute left, and we, got, and, and we beat them. So, as far as I'm concerned, like, the team mentally has the capacity to show up and make these games and win these games. But... It, it, it's applying that to the season as a whole and getting everyone involved and winning games the way that we want to. Um, that, that's the way that it's is where it's not working out. I feel like if we have to get a result, we go get a result. But it, I don't feel like it's the philosophy of this team to just go and get results. They want to kind of develop the culture. They want to develop the play. And that's where the growing pains are come from, coming from. That's just that's how it feels to me. Hmm. Um, I think there's something in that. I don't know if I'd be go all the way with you. It's, to- it's not. To- yeah, yeah, definitely not totally the case because they would they would have gotten the last three wins. I think so. They could have corrected that, but haven't. No, but I think there is something in it in that. Like I, in all of those games that you mentioned, I feel like we've come out with a bit more. There's just been a bit more juice in it, and we've had that energy and and defensively. Um, like obviously we gave up a lot of points, but we're really good against Milwaukee. You might remember in the first quarter we like. We just absolutely put the clamps on them defensively. Um, Toronto's a juggernaut offensively, man. Like, they're really, really good. 
um, you've kind of got to grade against the curve. I, I still think you know you've seen better better um, better defensive performance and more aggressive um, offense in, in all of those games that you mentioned. And I think that's partially attributable to to that mentality shift. Um, I still, yeah, I still. Um, I still think that there are real issues that this team doesn't it doesn't just solve just by um by trying really hard. You know, I think there are some some structural things that that probably need to change. So that's probably the dis, that's probably like I wouldn't if does that make it does, do you see the why, uh, how I'm trying to distinguish between what you're saying and what I'm saying there Jackson? I think I do, yeah. I think I do, yeah. It's not a matter of just, we need to win this game. All right, let's go win this game. Or at least, like, perform to a level that we're expecting and that we want. It's not that simple, yeah. It, it is, there's more to it than that. Yeah, like, that really helps and has an impact, but I still feel like there is some other bits missing. Yeah, that's my mm. conclusion, yeah. So, Zach Lowe had a podcast that came out earlier today with Tom Habistro, I believe. And one of the things Zach Lowe was saying, was, you know, a bit of a basketball savant, too much drive and kick rather than attempting to finish at the hoop and get to the line. And we're actually second last in free throw attempts in the league at the moment, ahead of only the Orlando Magic. Um, that was Zach Lowe's concern uh, watching Celtics games. The other thing was that Horford never rolls to the bucket. Mm. He's always popping back for that outside shot that he's not hitting consistently. Uh, yeah. I think those are he two does, examples. He does, of- he, does, he does when Marcus has the ball, is, is running the pick, I find. Because we have to get those lobs a lot, but I mean, that's... Yeah. yeah, he doesn't do it. He doesn't do it enough. Is definitely the point they're trying to make. I wonder if that's an attempt to like stay out of the lane to allow Kyrie to to do Kyrie things. But you know, Probably. there's just fundamental basketball that maybe you need to like fall back in the habit of when you're in a situation like this. And, and I don't know. I'm I'm no Brad Stevens, but Zach Lowe seems to think that that's something that they should be uh should be um you know maybe attempting. I I regularly. agree, man. Like I sort of feel like we've kind of lost sight in the NBA a little bit. There's a little bit of like like threes are all good. But the object of the game to me is to get layups. That is the object of basketball is to get score points and score. (laughs) You know, score points. But you know, obviously the object scoring points. But getting to the hoop is is it's what you want to do, right? That's that's where the gold is. And to me, the threat of the three pointer is supposed to open it up, as opposed to threes are the end. You know, threes to me are um are a means to an end. Threes are a are a threat that you use to open up the middle of the floor, not the middle of the floor is, an, is to open up the threat for the three. And and I think that mentality is part maybe why Horford's not rolling as much. You know, it's to me it's yeah. like a, it's a loss of a loss of sight of what I would think of as the objective. So a user, a Celtics subreddit user, Sugar Bear, posted a, a tweet that was posted by the Boston Celtics, quoting Brad Stevens saying that he said he saw some great glimpses of, quote, Celtic basketball throughout the game against the Hornets and is encouraged by that. Uh, we saw more of what we want to be, which had me thinking, because I watched the game and, you know, I, I thought overall we were, the, the way that I phrased it in my mind was less disappointing, not more positive, <laughs> but less disappointing. And I, I did a little bit of digging. Get. <laughs> yeah, I did a little bit of digging. Um, and one thing I found is, is a difference in the shooting splits between this game and our season average. So in the Hornets game, uh, shots less than five feet from the basket, 33 shots, 23 of them made, so just under 70% from the field. And the 16 to 24 feet range, 10 attempted, 8 made uh, at 80%. So incredibly efficient there. The season average from five feet is is 26 a game. So uh, about seven or eight less shots uh, per game from, from that distance at a much less efficient 59%. And from 16 to 24 feet, 12 attempts per game at a, at a mere 35% from the floor. So we, we took less shots from beyond the arc. We made them more efficiently. And we took way more shots from inside the paint, much closer range. And we made them more efficiently. So that kind of ratio, I think, is going gonna, is gonna to be much more win-friendly for this team. Uh, so I, that's my sort of take on what Brad Stevens was talking about in terms of the, the, the team making an improvement. I want to know from you guys, uh, you know, having watched portions of the game or at least portions of the highlights, are there, are, there, <laughs> are there parts of the game against the Hornets that you saw that you thought, okay, like we seem to be working that out a little bit more? Well, just yeah, like I think we touched on it. Like, like yeah. Jalen Brown, like was getting into the paint, was getting a bit more aggressive and taking it to the rim, as opposed to like you know just 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 bricking some threes. So, I mean, I I would definitely like to see us go go to the rim more. You know, if we if we lose a shootout, if we lose a three point shootout, you know, so be it. But if we can get more points and stay with teams rather than fall into these holes by taking shots close to the basket, then yeah, I'm, obviously I'm all for it. And yeah, I think you might be onto something there. That could be the that could be the thing that starts to correct the ship a little bit 
But I mean, really, you you need both, don't you? You need to be shooting good all over the all over the floor to be a contender, which we supposedly are. So it yep. needs to be better on both. Yeah, I um I I've since the game in Utah, I've I've definitely noticed Tatum making more of an effort. I mean, he got mm-hmm. called up by Kyrie for not taking favors to the hoop, you know, at the start of that Utah game yeah. in Boston. But overall, you know, he has definitely tried to to do that. He's clearly gotten a wake-up call. Um, and Zach Lowe um, mentioned that on, the, on his pod, and I was like, yes, Zach, I have noticed that as well. <laughs> we're on the same page. <laughs> we're the same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're yep. the, practically the same guy. Um, yeah, so, so are there green shoots of recovery there? Yeah, yeah. I think there are. I think it's more than just taking it to the hole, though. I think um, it's like 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 a lot of things in basketball. It's how you got to the point where you were taking it to the hole. Um, you know, you can't. I don't want someone just isolating and taking someone to the hole. Although that's better than isolating and taking a pull up. But um, yes, there are some points of um, encouragement there. Yeah, certainly the the shot ratio, and I thought the tempo, as you like to talk about, um, Joe was was pretty good as well, um, especially compared to the Utah game. I, I want to get through these these Reddit shoutouts from the post game thread because we, we you know we love our Reddit community and um and they are a huge supporter base for us. Shelton ninety seven wrote, "We played well most of the game, choked away our lead in the fourth, and Kemba went fucking insane while Kyrie couldn't buy a three. All of that compounded together sucked, but I don't think it's a reason to panic." We choked and got butt fucked by nuclear Kemba. Nothing to see here. <laughs> Starting, a yeah, I'm just uh, just reading what uh, Shelton ninety seven has to say. Starting lineup for the Celtics has been second worst NBA offense, still number one defense in the league. Kemba uh, Walker with the radioactive dick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean that's 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 what happened. Charged it up and oh, uh, destroyed us with yeah. it. You're defenseless against that. Man. <laughs> yeah, it's no, nothing no you can chance. do. No chance of stopping. Yeah, or we'll be in treatment for for years. Uh, user Bubzaboo wrote, The cold, slow decay of a Celtics loss eats at the soul like maggots eventually will upon all of our corpses as we rot away in the belly of the earth. Yeah. It doesn't, that, sounds doesn't like, even... that, that sounds like it belongs on the uh, the anti-natalism subreddit. Have you ever been there, guys? It's uh, not yet. Grim. I know. Yeah, no, <laughs> ruin your night. Um, that's I know that that must Hang be on, a like joke. Anti-natalism or anti? Anti-natalism. Anti-natalism. Between the anti and the NT. No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely anti-natal natalism. Yeah, not nice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Brutal. no, that's obviously a joke. I'm sure. But uh, <laughs> if it's not, then uh, chill out, mate. Is it? I don't so, know. I feel like it's not an exaggeration at all. Kind of. Oh, maybe. Yeah, you're right. Maybe last week or so. <laughs> maybe it's like... not, but he needs to relax <laughs> if that's the case. I feel yeah. like Bubzaboo's coping mechanism is is all is lost. You know, like <laughs> yeah. he's just trade everyone. Yeah, <laughs> he just wants to blow it up. Finally, user DeckD22. This is going to lead us to our next talking point, I think. Before we move on from the game, DeckD22 writes, I really believe if Hayward doesn't pan out, then our championship window will, will be closed. Being stuck on a max contract with how he is playing is crippling to a team. Doesn't help that our other max player has sucked as well. He's obviously referring to Al Horford there. Horford, right. Yeah. But uh, it's first of all, we, we should include in these podcasts a... Uh, the entire spectrum of of um, Celtics subreddit comments. We don't just want to all put you know a, a set of subset of comments to enforce our own agenda. Not that we have one. Um, so I thought it was good to end on sort of that that negative Hayward note. There's certainly plenty of that sort of content out there at the moment, but you won't generally hear it from us. There's been a, was it, a bit... wasn't our last episode an Al, uh, <laughs> Gordon Hayward post mortem essentially. Well, it was coming from <laughs> Maybe a good not place. Maybe not but yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. coming from a good place. But there's there's been you know it's it's been a week since that podcast. And there's been a bit more of a sample size, <laughs> and he changed, had a really man. promising showing, I thought, against the Raptors. Everyone did really. We needed to in order to beat that team, and people started to say, okay, like he's sort of coming back into his own a little bit here, and we're seeing a bit more sort of classic do it all Gordon Hayward, and then he sort of regressed unfortunately, against Utah and certainly against the Hornets as well. Um, I, I think, you know, I'll throw to you guys in a second, but the, the takeaway there is, like, Hayward is not back in any way other than, like, he's physically there in person on the court. And Tom Haberstroh was saying on Zach Lowe's podcast today, uh, Hayward is not attacking the room. He's, he's calling for a pick and roll on every possession. Yeah. And when he has a, a quote, mismatch, uh, he is still calling for a pick and roll. Um, which, you know, he should be exploiting that mismatch and going ISO. And he averaged a dunk a game, 
per um, a dunk per game rather in Utah. That's a lot. Uh, and he's had three three all seasons so far with the Celtics. Mm. So, I, you know, we preach patience a lot. We've sort of had to in lieu of any sort of success <laughs> from the Celtics so far this year. But I, I think with Hayward in particular, like his, I had this note written down somewhere. I can't find it here. But the analogy was that his ankle spun around quicker than a, a Shane Warne leggy out of the dirt <laughs> on a five-day wicket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good luck interpreting that one, US listeners. Yeah, that's for yeah. the Aussie fans. Maybe some of the Kiwis have been burnt by Warney. But it's true. Like, he, his ankle spun around, you know, it was like a turnstile. And, you know, he's back. And he had a, a surgery in May, I believe it was. Two surgeries in, in, in less than a year. And he's back on the court. And, I don't know, we, we've covered all of this in the past. But I, I do think that Haywood's health and strength and ability to play like the max play that we signed is a huge part of our success. And, you know, imagine um, Tatum and, and Jalen Brown sort of becoming the, the guys that they were at the end of last year and, and sort of thinking, okay, like Haywood's back. We're going to have to sort of regress into a, into a, a different role entirely because Haywood is back. And then hang on a second. Haywood is not really back. He's not playing like the way that we expected him to play. And then there's sort of this ongoing adjustment on top of the, you know, preseason adjustment that everyone had to make, if that makes sense. It's got to be difficult. Mm, yeah. Um, I was thinking a lot about Paul George and how he came back from his injury. Because it was almost identical, wasn't it? A very, very nasty to look at. Um, his comeback was, I think, the last six games of the 2014-2015 season. Off the bench, paces were out of playoff contention, no pressure whatsoever. Get him back on there, give him some reps. I think he averaged about like nine points or something like that. Um, and then he had a full preseason, then he was back. So uh, I... I I couldn't get to the bottom of when exactly he started to get back to himself, but the situation that he came back into was nowhere near the level of situation that we've currently got ourselves. You know, the so-called anointed, you know, favorites to take the East after LeBron and go ahead with Warriors, blah, 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 blah. So uh, he's got this massive mantle to live up to. And when you are coming off an injury like that, don't get me wrong, I expected him to be a bit better than what he's doing. I expected him to have a, a show a little bit more confidence. Maybe shooting would be a little bit better. But you, you got to put it into perspective that, like, that was a really, really serious injury. And, yeah, the surgery back in May as well, too. Um, all these things accumulate with, you know, the team still finding themselves. And, like, I feel like Jalen Brown gets made a scapegoat and Haywood's, like, a second, and then you could go from there. But I, I just I, – I think it, it might sound a little – I don't, I don't know. It doesn't, it's not the greatest take in the world, but like I got all the patience in the world for, for Hayward. Like that, that comment, what, if Hayward doesn't pan out, then our championship window will be closed. What will pan out? What pan out this season? Pan out next season? Pan out by the time he needs to be paid again? Like that needs to be like delved deeper into because I don't think this championship window, A, we, you couldn't say we even have one at the moment because we never made the finals. But B, <laughs> come on, man. Like it, it's, it's going to take time. Um, I... I feel like I disagree with with everybody, including the the original poster, a little bit. Um, so I, I, you know, last week I, I, I think I said like I, I think if I had to guess, um, I think Hayward's going to turn out to be a quote unquote bad contract. But yeah, um, mm-hmm. I don't think that um him being a bad contract is crippling to our team at all. Um because we don't have any other bad contracts and we actually need a bad contract, <laughs> right? Like, if we're going to trade for Anthony Davis, we need some salary to put in there, all right? Like, mm-hmm. if we have a bad contract, it's not the end of the world right now. It just kind of makes the decision a little bit easier, you know, in terms of who you might give up. Um, it, It's, yeah. So so I, I still think his contract... In, Given the amount of assets the Celtics has, his contract's not really like like in a vacuum. I th- I think it'll be a bad contract, but like I think for the Celtics, I don't think it's um, crippling at all. Um, I'd prefer to see him back and playing like a great player. That would be way better, and hopefully he does. Um, I still think there's a non-trivial chance that he doesn't that he just is what he is right now, and and on the on the low post podcast today, they sort of compared what he is right now to Evan Turner. And, um, yeah, that was interesting. That was super interesting. I was like, yeah, they're kind of right. <laughs> yeah. But you don't pay Evan Turner $30 million a year. That's the, yeah. No, you so, don't. But Evan, Evan, Evan Turner didn't get a had a season like he did in his last in Utah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ugh, even then. Um, I, I mean, I, I guess 
it doesn't matter who out of all of us is is right or wrong about what Hayward will end up being. I think the point is that at this point in time, it's too early to make a call on like what he'll become or if what he is now is what he'll become. You know what I mean? Like it's it's just too early. Like it's seventeen games into a season where he had a year off. You know they had they had Paul Pierce. Um, he's like an ESPN guy now, and the headline that came out of that interview was that, and this isn't um in our run sheet, but the basic headline was that the Celtics have been the most disappointing part of the NBA season from Paul Pierce's perspective so far. And then he he sort of went on to talk about how he, he defended Hayward a little bit and said, you know, the the guy took a year off from the the highest level of the game there is. Is is his ankle injury was absolutely gruesome. Like it's going to take some time. You, you got to be patient, uh, and you got to you know you got to give the time the guy some time to come back. And I, I think you know the, the point of all of this is that there hasn't been enough time yet, and he, he just needs a little bit longer before we all make uh, our final judgment. Yeah, I mean, sure. I mean, final judgments or what? But you. <laughs> You make assessments as you go along, right? Like you're watching the game in the first quarter and you're like, I think we'll win this game or I think we won't, right? You could be right, you could be wrong. You still keep watching. You still keep hoping we do well. But sure. But like I, you know, I, I guess I know what I think he will be, but I don't know, right? I don't know anything either. Yeah. Nobody does yet. Going, going back, what was it? 15 games now? Does everyone remember how Kyrie looked the first three games? Yeah. Pretty awful. Pretty awful. I, I don't know about you, but I wondered if there was some residual surgery aftermath that was, you know, playing a part there. Yeah. Uh, that's, 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 that's well been put to bed. That has well been put to bed. So it didn't take Kyrie very long to do it. Haywood is obviously coming off something that you could argue is a bit more severe. But I think, I, I don't know. I hope that it works out fine and he gets back to the player that, you know, even if he's not as good as he was in Utah, Shit, even if, even if like, all those drives and dishes, even if, like, you know, 10% of them end up going in as rather than, like, rimming out, then he looks better straight away. So I think it's up to the, the team as a collective to, you know, make him also look better. But obviously his game has got to improve for that to happen too. So all, we can, all I can do, all I can recommend to fans who are worried is just, just have some patience. <laughs> All yeah, we that... need is just a little patience. <laughs> uh, so many ideas for episode names as we as we go through this episode. I feel like if we call it anti analism, how about a- yeah. anti analism? <laughs> how... <laughs> uh, or not? Deep cut. Not. <laughs> I feel like if we call it, I'm not worried. Then like a thousand more people will listen to it than normal. Or all we need is <laughs> yeah. just a little patience. <laughs> oh Jesus! Wow! <laughs> All right, put that in the maybe pile. So, so, yeah, it's firmly in the maybe pile at the, at the bottom. Um, All right, it's time for the Reddit recap. There was an interesting post that came off in Celtics Reddit a few days ago, and the post title was "Taking a Break from This Sub," and it was posted by a user Biff Brooks double one double one quadruple one maybe he wrote taking a break from this sub and if you read the post he goes on to sort of celebrate what's what's classically good about celtics reddit you know the, the memes the the reveling and the banner 18 boogie and the playoff runs and the winning streaks and then he sort of goes on to say however recently most people here have bought into the idea that everything uh, would be handed to the team in terms of success and, and now when it's not the case everyone is throwing a, a tent- temper tantrum and i i'd been feeling a similar way to Biff Brooks quadruple one myself recently. I don't know about you guys. And that's difficult as someone who runs a podcast based on the Celtic subreddit. Can't exactly <laughs> take a break from the, from the sub. But scrolling through the sub itself, you, you see some interesting threads. And, and fortunately, a lot of them are downvoted to zero. But I wanted to run through just... A, I read his post this morning as I was planning for this podcast. And I did a quick scroll through the first maybe page and a half of the sub. And, and saw some some post titles that made me angry, to be honest. And I'm just going to scroll through a few of them now and read them out to you. Um, and then and read you a, a quick off-the-cuff response to each of them. So I'll start with the first and, and obviously go from there. What if we start Sammy Ojale and bench Jalen and Hayward? Why? Because Sammy's elite three-point shooting will save us from our from our current woes? I don't think so. The next one, Bradley Beal, or Brad Beal as he calls him, could really improve and jumpstart this team. 
Bradley Beal makes $25 million a year, $27 million next year. It's not possible contract-wise. Is it possible Brad Stevens is only good at coaching underdogs? Huge overreaction. Plus, he was great last year with everyone but Hayward. Simply not true. Frustrating premise. Moving on. (laughs) How do we feel about Hayward 17 games in? I don't see any sustained and marked improvement. Here's where this this analogy comes in. Here's where I wrote it down. The dude spun his ankle around quicker than a Shane Warne leggy out of the dirt on the last day of a test match. It's ridiculous. Trade for Wall or Beal. Trade for John Wall or Bradley Beal. Oh, Jesus. Don't even Uh, read that. Yeah. Consider the contracts. Consider, just Google it. The answer's there. It's actually displayed on Google because Google's like that. You don't actually have to click on a link and go into a website. All the information you need is there with regards to those contracts. Like Research this stuff, people. All I would become, a, I would become an LA Clippers fan if we signed John Wall. Just yeah. putting it out there. I think or become, anyone else for that matter. Yeah, I think I'd just become a chess person or something. I, I don't think <laughs> I could stand like ball sports after that. Uh, but look, all of these takes are very frustrating, and they're very frustrating to read as I scroll through the sub. So I, I understand where B- Biff Brooks is coming from. Um, it's a time of panic. It's a, it's a time of, uh, of great despair. And uh, I just think everyone needs to chill out a little bit. Super early days, people. Very early in the season. And, and there are some level-headed takes out there uh, about what this team may not be and, and how we might have to reconcile with that in our minds. But at this point, Trading for John Wall, for example, starting Shemi Ojale over Gordon Hayward or, or Jalen Brown, like that, that just seems ridiculous. It, it seems like people are kind of losing their minds a little bit. And like we, we've, talked, we've touched on this before in this podcast, but you shouldn't feel entitled to success. It has to be earned. And in the meantime, we have to keep our heads, people. We can't be starting Shemi. We can't be trading for John Wall in his ridiculous contract. We just have to relax and just let it happen. We've got Brad freaking Stevens as the coach of our team, right? Like it, it can't yeah. be in better hands. Surely you just need to re- relax and let it happen. I'm sorry. I've gone on a bit of a rant here, but I feel quite passionate about it. I love Celtics Reddit. I love it a lot. We started this podcast based on that, on that love. Um, and here we are. And I just, I, I really find it difficult to, to visit my favorite website at the moment. And I'm, I'm feeling down. I, I, I think if it, apt- <laughs> if, it, if it actively makes you an angrier person in your everyday life, then it's always a good idea to take a break from whatever it is that that thing might be. So good for you, Biff Brooks. Quad one, man. <laughs> I'll I'll see you back here in the midst of a winning streak. Which let's face it, like if you if you we'll wanted to get off this Reddit, back. <laughs> you will all come crawling back about January, February. And this team starts to figure its shit out. I mean, I'm just just saying, June. just saying. Yeah, June, even better. Um, first of all, shouts to my man um, who was campaigning for the semi Ojale starting because that was one of my I knew you'd like predictions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, second of all, um. Gordon Hayward and Terry Rozier for Brad Beal. Who says no? Think about it. You've got I, three hands yeah. here, it looks like. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, John Wall. Yeah. Hell no. Too early. <laughs> Too early. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, I think, um, yeah, the, it, it, there's no point, no point piling on the negativity. You know, um, I think it's important to realize we have hope. And it's, it's just as we've been talking, the biggest reason that I have for hope is... Just cast your minds back to the 2017 preseason. Think how good that team looked. It's the same guys, you know. Um, mm. It's got to be possible. It's got to be possible. Yeah, and look, it's okay to feel negative. Like, that, that's the other thing on the sub is that a lot of people are sort of, um, there's this uh, divide between, like, optimistic people and pessimistic people, and the pessimistic people are sort of saying, let allow us to be negative. Like, it's okay. But there is a line, and when you start inserting Shami Ojale into the starting lineup in favor <laughs> they, of Hayward and Jalen Brown, I, just, I think you've crossed the line. Yeah, you've stepped over the line. How did you um, like that Milwaukee game, Ben, aka Brutal Gash? <laughs> oh, the, the one that we won? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, was a, that was an anomaly. Uh, and you could say that it was an anomaly and that we won the game. Uh, and to that, I would say, you've got me beat, maybe. But I just think it's, it's bad juju, uh, which is a technical term to start Shami Ojale over uh, Jalen Brown and Gordon Hayward. Yeah. But at this point in the season, have some patience, people. Come on. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to shoehorn in an Elon Musk quote because I feel it's appropriate. I think he once said, and it was probably on the Joe Rogan episode that he did where he got really high, um, supposedly. I'd rather supposedly. be... <laughs> There's video evidence. They did, he, did, oh, he did not breathe in, trust me. Um, he, said, he said, I would rather be optimistic and wrong than pessimistic and correct. Now, you can poke holes in that a million ways you can, 
But I don't know, Elon Musk is a pretty successful dude. So when it comes to this sub and it comes to this basketball team, that's how I'm going to roll. You need to pun- At least on the surface level. You need to punctuate that with the Elon Musk, like, little nod yeah. at the end. Ha ha. Ha ha ha. Takes a huge joint rip and laughs, laughs to himself. <laughs> yeah. That's where the takes are oh, coming man. from. Sounds uh, like a little bit of a, a version of Pascal's wager, which you may or may not be familiar with. But Is this another Hanlon's Razor thing, Joe? No, no, Pascal's wager. No. So, never mind. Um, you can look that up on your own time. Um, <laughs> sorry, Ben, I'll throw it back to you, man. <laughs> I don't want to no, get you Joe, off the track. I, I want to throw it to you. I, I think after right. our last podcast, you had a... Uh, uh, a, a very uh, special post that you put out there and you've got some got some shout outs to, to throw out there perhaps yeah so um shout out first of all like there was um a since removed post that was placed on um placed on reddit um uh which was helpfully you know tagged with clickbait um we should trade in uh tatum for angles you know um if we wanted to uh if we wanted to win this year's this year's NBA, and the NBA was to finish after this year. No more NBA. We would be better off with Ingles. Um, I, by the way, don't feel like the game against uh, Utah, the second game, really hurt that little uh, that little proposition I made. But shouts to Troy at work, who said, okay, and what's the point of posting this? Well, truthfully, Troy, the point of posting this is to follow through on an agreement that was made on the original podcast, which means that I have to shout out my man... The literal yeah, explanation. Yeah, Swag, who said, La <laughs> Just listen to this. So he's clearly listening and he gets the joke. So, um, Swag, thank you. You answered yep. Troy at Work's question. Troy at Work, refer to Swag with all future queries. Uh, <laughs> yeah, showing the swag. Showing the swag there is uh, part of his namesake. Good, good for him. Now, a <laughs> bit of very, very quick news and rare news before we uh, wrap this up. Terry Rozier, scary Terry Rozier, sued by a costume company for using the scream mask in his own merchandise. His own merchandise. Details are basically Fun World Costume Company claims that they are the original designer of the ghost, quote, ghost face mask and officially licensed it for the use in the Scream movies and some other movies. The company says that the Boston Celtics player, Terry Rozier in this case, is using their design and copyright without permission, claiming he has, quote, adopted ghost face mask design as his own mascot and paired the design with his alter ego, Scary Terry, end quote. Fun World accuses Rogier of ripping off their world, their work and making a profit and are suing for unspecified damages plus $150,000 per infringement. They also want an injunction prohibiting the NBA, NBA star from continuing to sell the Scary Terry merchandise. Uh, that was posted by Baka18121. Uh, sorry, that was a, God. That was a comment by Baka18121 saying, this is our rock bottom of the season. I'm calling it now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is Great. far worse than Jabari Bird assaulting his girlfriend. Oh. Yeah, this is def- this is definitely the low point of the season. <laughs> Holy oh cow, God. that's yeah. where it went all went wrong. Everything was fine <laughs> yeah. up till then. Yeah, you talk so about that bad juju. sliding doors yeah. moment. Yeah. Well, I wasn't expecting it to go there, but uh, there you go. Yeah, sorry, so, boys, that was a bit of a downer. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the yeah the the value I wanted to say of my and you know people out there scary Terry uh, merchandise is skyrocketing if they're getting this injunction. They're no longer available. I think what, what he is selling now, it's got like a hockey mask over his head instead of the screen yeah, mask. Like so they're Ma- no longer Myers available. Thing. They just they just want a piece of that action. I'm sure they'll give it, they'll throw him some sort of bone and that'll be that. At the, at the end of that, Scary Terry is not KD or LeBron or whatever, you know. It's it's kind of a meme at this point, which sucks to say because I love Terry Rogier and I would love to see Scary Terry terrorizing the Sixers and everyone else for the rest of time. But eh, it's a bit of a much of muchness, isn't it? Why yeah. don't these guys just do us all a favor and drop the lawsuit? Be nice. <laughs> that would be nice. <laughs> They're totally listening right now. I think. I think. I think they'll take that to heart. Jackson, do you know how I know you weren't on Twitter today? That was a reference to Terry Rosie's subtweet, man, which we don't have time to talk about. But uh, oh, that's man. what he meant. Oh, no, oh, okay. I, I was that guy who didn't get the joke. Nah, that's all right. Yeah, that's my all right. bad. Me too. Bad. I, was I, the guy hate, I hate those people. I really do. And I'm one of them. <laughs> Shit. That's me on a regular basis. I, uh, yeah, I was one of those people who thought Rogier uh, wanted to be traded. Um, but anyway, that's a that's a tale. My and Jackson's uh, inability to uh, to um, get jokes properly is yeah. uh, a no, tale for right. another day. Tiro needs to consult with his old mate Eric Bledsoe for um for for tweets that lead to trades. If he wants to do it right, he needs yeah. to consult with him. <laughs> I don't want to be sued here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. 
So coming up, we've got the Knicks in less than 24 hours, then the Hawks and the Mavericks back-to-back. Uh, it's a, a beautiful Saturday-Sunday doubleheader in the Oz New Zealand oh, region. Yes, um, looking forward to that. I've cleared my uh, schedule for the weekend. Not that I have anything going on, but that's, a, again, a tale for another podcast. Um, really, I mean, looking at this up, upcoming schedule, those are three games you've you got to win, even if you're a mid, sort of low mid-tier team. So um, I said this before the Bulls game, and, it, and it, it came true, and again with the Raptors as well, but these are some teams that we should be able to work it out against, right? Like you really expect some success here, even if it is a little bit ugly. Yeah. I, I, the, the Knicks don't worry me at all. For some reason, for some reason, I'm just worried about that Hawks game. I, just, I can just see Trey Young just doing some, some bullshit. And, and and just being a bad day out. The Mavs, who knows? They they remember they beat the Jazz by fifty. Fifty. So if if they're drinking whatever they were drinking the night before that game, we're in a world of shit. But I mean, again, yeah. These are three very beatable teams. At least where we expect I feel like that's the word of the day here. Where we expect us to be. So I'm gonna say in the interest of realism, I'm gonna say we go two and one. And I don't know which one we'll lose to. Uh I think we'll go three and Um I think that's the way. Yeah, I think I think we're better than those teams. Um but I really like both Trey Young and Luka Doncic, and um, I'm looking forward to watching them watching them play. Yeah, Luka's absolutely. a problem, Especially man. Doncic. Holy cow, he's a problem. Yeah, both of them are really uh, spicy prospects. I, I would yeah. imagine the Hawks are regretting the whole uh, draft night trade situation at this point, but, but who knows? But Doncic yeah. looks like a, a grown-ass man, as they say. He is. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Celtics Reddit Podcast. Thanks, as always, for joining us. Please subscribe. Please rate the podcast five stars. I know every podcast tells you to do that. But hey, why not actually go and do it for us? Takes like 30 seconds and really helps us out. If you want to get in touch, the best way to do so is just comment below on the Reddit thread for this episode. Otherwise, you can tweet us at Celtic Reddit Pod. Anyway, Jackson, Joe, appreciate all that you do. Thanks again, guys. Yeah, I'd just like to put... I'd just like to say, hey guys, if you could just like and subscribe us, maybe we too could tell you about ZipRecruiter. Yeah, that's right. Uh, your effort will equal uh, ads that you have to fast forward through. So uh, there's an incentive. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I want a koala mattress personally. But uh, anyway, all right, guys. Thanks, everyone. Go Celtics. Peace.